Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Tuesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. The Lakers getting some good news on the injury front for a change. That's next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you. Thanks to everybody for making Lockdown Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcasts, always free. Never behind a paywall. Lockdown Lakers uh, is on YouTube. It's where you can go to hang out with uh, almost 22,000 subscribers, all of whom are riding high, Andy, on this two-game win streak that the Lakers are on with the potential for more as the Lakers uh, at home tonight against a very slumpy Memphis squad that is missing a lot of their good players. Excuse me. They're on a one-game winning streak after spanking the Clippers. Beating the Clippers doesn't count. You know what's funny? I I realized today um, on Twitter at Cam Brothers, after the Lakers beat the Clippers, I tweeted out, and this was obviously a joke, the Clippers are winless in the James Harden era. Like James Harden, when the Lakers beat them, was not even officially a right. member. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't. He wasn't in uniform. No, forget he wasn't in uniform. Right. He, he, the trade was not even official at mm-hmm. that point. Like he was in the building, but at that point, for all intents and purposes, he he was not even a Clipper. Like he was in purgatory between Philly and L.A. Twelve days later, however, <laughs> the tweet holds. That's remarkably crazy. prescient. You were Andy, mm-hmm. um, but what's funny? But it's like. Who could have possibly, like, we all said, like, oh, well, what are they going to do with Westbrook and Harden? It's like, create comfort. They're, they're, they're dealing with it by pretending it's not an issue. We're just going to start everybody, they said. And just, we're, it's not going to be a problem. And it is, uh, it is thus far working poorly. Yeah, they, I mean, I imagine Ty Lue is eventually going to make a move. But in order to give yourself some degree of plausible deniability slash cover, you have to at least do the thing where you mm-hmm. give everybody the opportunity to have what you want, even though you know what they want, they cannot have because it yep. won't work. It's like last year. We all said hanging into the season, Russ has to come off the bench. Like he just has to. Yep. We've seen tangible evidence this doesn't work. Darvin Ham, because he wanted to get off to a good relationship with Russell Westbrook, he saw what happened between Russ and Frank Vogel just when – Apparently, Vogel didn't thank him profusely enough for the champagne that Russ sent uh, Mrs. Vogel and Mr. Vogel <laughs> for their anniversary, the Vogels. Um, Darvin Ham said, I'm going to give this an opportunity, giving Russell Westbrook the thing he wants, knowing damn well he's eventually going to be coming off the bench. But again, yeah. plausible deniability. It is It is one of those things. I saw a stat from Tom Haberstrow today that said um, Harden – this season, because then when all of his games, uh, you know, are here, here like that, and like he has not yet taken made a shot in the restricted area yet, no layups, nothing in the rest. He's taking that restricted area thing <laughs> very literally, <laughs> he's yeah. not, not going in there. Um, and look, I mean, the, the misery that surrounds the Clippers is not technically our lead story today, but I think it's one of those deals where uh, Lakers fans will forgive the indulgence. Um, it's just, I mean, it's the hardened part of it too. I don't actually, I don't hate the Clippers, but it's like this hardened thing is so obviously a terrible idea that, um, 
I am enjoying it. Uh, but anyway, so the the Grizzles are are in town tonight. Uh, that is an extremely winnable game, uh, given all the personnel that Memphis is currently missing. Um, and so it's an opportunity for the Lakers to get back over uh, the 500 mark. They will do that without the services of Jared Vanderbilt. But, Andy, the Lakers did get some good news about Vanderbilt. He is now uh, able to get back on the floor and do basketball stuff in preparation for returning. He, he hasn't played in a long time, and it's been a heel injury, so he can't just like start, but he got to ramp up, and he can begin the ramping. Yeah, the exact phrasing from the Lakers update was, Jared Vanderbilt has been reevaluated by Lakers team doctors and has been cleared to begin a return-to-play progression. Further details will be provided as appropriate. It's obviously good news. It's also extremely vague good news. Um, I saw a lot of Laker fans on Twitter or in the comments section of the YouTube channel, angry that it's a statement without really saying much of anything in terms of what people want to know. And Correct. look, the Lakers are not a terribly transparent franchise about this stuff, particularly in the LeBron AD era. And, you know, to some degree, they don't really owe us transparency. No, I don't blame. I, there's no winning in this. Well, Here's what I will say, because like what really matters is the medical stuff. And mm -hmm. if it's being taken care of properly, the player's actual progress, et cetera, where I do think the Lakers sometimes don't do themselves favors with being so cagey is it leads to a lot of speculation, which we both know for a fact they get very touchy about. Mm -hmm. But also, as we saw last season, when they weren't up front, when Anthony Davis returned to the court after that stress reaction that. He was able to play, but because this was an active injury recovery process, there was concern about recurrence or setback, so he wasn't able to play in back-to-backs. That would have been really straightforward and oh, easy right. to explain. Oh, no, right. 100%. That right. part of it, that there are there are certain things that they, they should be did AD more... a massive disservice. Correct. The, prob the basic problem is you don't want to say, you know, he's been reevaluated and, and he'll be able to play in a week. Right. You know, and, and like because let's say Vanderbilt can't play in a week, it takes 10 days or 12 days. Now it's like, what if it takes two weeks? Now you're either making your medical staff look terrible or you make Jared Vanderbilt look like he's soft and squishy and can't because that's what most Lakers fans think is, is that Vanderbilt is soft. But you know, but you understand my point. Like there's the world we live but, in. But that was really a problem though with AD. It is Laker fans right, no, do because think they actually AD. do. Right. right. And the reality is AD was not holding himself back. This was no, a medical were. decision. Yes. <laughs> they could be smarter with how they, but the, in terms of details, like that's a, that's the sort of detail where it's important to like you're you're just explaining to people what you're doing. But like timelines, there's just no current. This was one of these things for Lakers fans who may not understand. This is a a moment in injury history where you you have it's a binary. Your two choices for reports that you're going to get from the Lakers. In a situation like this, and it'll come up again with Gabe Vincent, hopefully not with LeBron. Um, the Lakers, we did not. Uh, Monday, no updates on LeBron. We'll probably find out much closer to game time tonight whether or not he's going to be available. Lakers the didn't practice today, too, right. so that was one of the places. Yep, where right, no practice on Monday. Um, so the binary here for the Lakers is Vanderbilt was reevaluated and can't start doing things. Or Vanderbilt was reevaluated and can start. Those were the only options on the option tree. It is a tree with very few branches. These were your choices. 
of those two, this was the good one. Vanderbilt can begin doing things. Um, so it's a it's a really good uh, deal for the Lakers, uh, one that we can all start to get uh, happy about. Um, and yeah, so uh, we'll talk a little bit more about what it means because this has a tremendous impact. Uh, hopefully, eventually, when he gets back uh, on the Lakers' defense, which has struggled mightily early in games and particularly could impact the backcourt of Russell and Reeves. So all of that, plus a look at the upcoming schedule next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Ibotta and big holidays mean big family get-togethers, but you don't want to spend all that money on the Thanksgiving spread without getting anything back in return with Ibotta. You can get your turkey and all of the favorite sides for free starting November 1st. So we are about halfway into this thing for the fourth year in a row. Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem everything. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers, upload your receipts. And Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. So you can make sure you are beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Other apps, they give you points that nobody ever gets around to using. It's confusing. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that can be added to your bank account, PayPal, gift cards, and you also earn real cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers as well. Shopping with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Download the Ibotta app. Use that code LOCKED to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner. Again, going on right now. Go to the App Store. Google Play Store, download the free Ibotta app. Use that code LOCKED, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play and App Store. Again, use that code LOCKED. Um, so tonight's game, Andy, is uh, another installment of the in-season tournament. The Lakers definitionally are somewhere at the top of Group A. Are we Group A? I don't know. <laughs> um <laughs> Whatever it is, I'm not. Um, I, mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> Off the top, I, I don't even know if it that that feels like incidental. Like the group, yeah. What, what letter? <laughs> like, like, no, it's true. I, 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 I understand that. A, B, C, or Z. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's that's probably true. Whatever, whatever group we're in, I, I, I you know. But uh, the Lakers have played two games in this tournament, and they are two and zero. Oh. And for all the talk of whether or not people care, don't care, whatever, if it works or it doesn't work or whatever, I did on Monday get an email in. I and we, you and I, have been on uh, various mailing lists for ESPN for dozens of years at this point. It seems like both because we used to we worked there, we still work there uh, for the radio station seven ten ESPN in in, in LA. Um, but it is in this is the largest font that I've ever seen in an email from ESPN. It just says viewership up 55%. It's massive. And it's a picture of KD and LeBron. Um, and it is pointing out as if you know Jimmy Pitaro came into my living room and is screaming it into my ear that viewership on this tournament is up 55% uh versus games uh in the comparable window of you know early November last year. So I guess it's working. Like people whether it's they're tuning in to be blinded by the courts in Chicago and Houston or just kind of find this intriguing, um it is generating the type of interest that the NBA is trying to do for early November 
in a league where everybody says it doesn't start until Christmas. Okay, I just looked it up. A, they are West Group A. B, I believe they're just nice. one and zero. Uh, this Memphis game will be the second one that no, they I thought, played. No, the Phoenix game. I thought the Phoenix Phoenix game was, was number game. one. Right, and then Portland was was a Portland was, was not a, an in season tournament game. I oh, but they're in the group. That's they're in the group. Me. But I don't believe. No, you're wrong. right. You're right. I yeah, jumped so the gun. Just one and zero. But what we do know is that currently. You know, once you look back on the history books and you start thinking about the best players in in-season tournament history, Cam Reddish is off to yes. a fantastic start being like all in-season, you know, tournament, uh, first team, second team, third team, an award I just made up. But we learned today, along with Anthony Davis on Monday, the NBA announced that they were guys receiving votes for Western Conference players. Yeah, they were nominees. Yeah, Anthony nominees. Davis and Cam Reddish. You know, obviously this happened for Anthony Davis roughly a billion times, but for Cam Reddish, it's a big deal, man. That's really cool. It is one of those things where, like, I, I like to make fun of, you know, NBA Player of the Week. Like, like Kevin Durant wins Player of the Week, and, like, what, what does he do with that information? Like, does his mom get a bumper sticker that she can put on the car? My son was, was Player of the Week in the Western Conference. What, I don't know what it is. This, you know, relatively low-level acknowledgments for, say, somebody like LeBron James, who has multiple titles and multiple MVP awards. But if you had asked me at the beginning of the season... scoring leader. Right. He, is, <laughs> he has that, too. You know how many times, by the way, LeBron has been... Western player of the week. Or, oh, it's player of the week. Like in both, like I think it's something like fifty-eight over higher. the course of his career. Oh, higher than that. Yep, seventy-four. A little lower, sixty-seven. He's also won in the month forty-six times. Okay, so that, just real Plus quick, all-time leading score. Right, he's also that sixty-seven. You said sixty-seven. That is a calendar year plus. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> of NBA Player of the Week awards. Yeah, and just, the Player of the Month awards is four years worth yeah. of NBA Player yeah. of the Month awards. Braun's been really good. People. Oh my God. Like, I think about that for a second. He's won four years worth of NBA calendar. Yeah. Kind of been his league since he's been here. You know? He is really, you know, I'm catching on. I maybe a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm not sure. Um, how many but, Kobe has while you talk. Okay. But like if you had asked me at the beginning of the year, will Cam Reddish be nominated for an NBA Player of the Week award? Like, you know, the over under on it. You got to put, you know, $200 on it one way or the other. I, I don't know if our friends at the FanDuel Sportsbook were taking money on it, but if they were, I would have put it on no. Um, and the fact that we're here, what, in the third week of the season or something like that? And, you know, this is actually something a lot of people were on the YouTube page Monday in reaction to uh, Reddish's second straight really great game um, as the Lakers beat Portland on Sunday. We're saying, you know, we weren't uh, probably more me than you, I guess, not being complimentary enough to Reddish. Um, both of us acknowledging that he's played two really good games in a row, my big question is, and it has always been this way with Reddish, is can he be consistent enough to do this for more than a week, more than two weeks or whatever? Because it's not that Reddish has never had moments where he looked really good. That's why he's bounced around to multiple teams. Everybody's willing to take a shot on it because they've seen the good stuff. There's just never been any consistency to it where he carries it through from a week to a month, to two months, to a half season, 
to a full season. That's why he was available to the Lakers at a minimum. So um, that's what I need to see. I mean, if people think that's harsh, I would disagree. But well, either way, it's, it is indicative of the fact that Reddish really has had yes. a good, uh, like a good week. He's, he's really done well for himself. If nothing else, once Vando's back, Gabe Vincent's back, at the very least, he is going to be presenting Darvin Ham with some difficult decisions about how many minutes he gets, what to do with the rotation, which is exactly what you want to be doing in Cam Reddish's position. Also, Kobe won uh, Player of the Week 33 times and uh, only 16 uh, Player of the Month awards compared to LeBron's. However... Kobe does have the extra ring. So yep. there you go. It, it, it's just, it's an interesting place for the Lakers to be. Um, when you, when you start looking at, at guys like Reddish and uh, how he'll be impacted, you know, just to, to return to the Vanderbilt thing before we break again. Um, you know, there are a lot of players who theoretically could be impacted by Jared Vanderbilt returning, whether that's in a week, a week and a half, half a week, whatever it might Six be. Six months. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> the way cage. I don't, kidding i don't think it's going to be no i mean I, I i i guess we don't know how much this ramp up like how here's the how difference. big of a ramp it is but like people will always have the worst case scenario fears like kendrick nunn the difference is to my recollection we never even heard about a ramp up with kendrick no, nunn. they just kept saying you can't do anything right That's what i'm saying so, it's a binary either you yes. can start doing things or you cannot and with kendrick nunn the answer was always he cannot and that's part of the reason the lakers have stopped putting anything even kind of like a timeline on things. But, you know, Vanderbilt's utility has been proven by his absence. And, you know, as somebody who was not totally sure, like, what his role would be in the season because the Lakers had filled in with so many different players and had so many options, and you could see situations where he would play a ton and you could see situations where his playing time could get squeezed, I think he's going to be back, and I think he's going to be back in the starting lineup. And one of, you know, Reddish is one of those guys that will be impacted by that because in a world with Hachimura back in the lineup and Vanderbilt back in the lineup and a healthy LeBron, there aren't 30 plus minutes a and night Vincent for Reddish coming play. back if you want yes. to treat Reddish as a guard. Right. There just aren't 30 something minutes for him to play. And, you know, this is another comment that somebody left on the YouTube page from me um, on Monday was like, you know, he's not going to go James down. Bell. Yeah, thank you. He's not going to go down to 13 or 15 minutes, uh, you know, 12 minutes a night, 15 minutes. I was like, okay, okay, maybe 13 minutes is too little. I don't know. But he's not going to be playing 27 either. And so I don't know if they're going to be 20 minutes a night for Reddish to be playing on a healthy roster. So can he, in a more limited role, play with the same level of confidence, play under control and all that, play like he has in the last two games, and not like he did in the first, I don't know, five. We'll call it that, where he wasn't very good over those first few games. And, you know, where, and the difference, I was looking up some net rating stats, and we'll talk about these when we get to the next segment, talking about uh, D'Lo and Reeves. You know, th there has not been a player on the team that I could see with a bigger turnaround in his net rating over the last couple games compared to the first few than Reddish, who was deep underwater at the beginning. And the last few games has been fantastic. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, I am hoping it works out for him, and certainly Darvin Ham has deeply invested in the um, in the task of building up his confidence, Reddish's confidence, and I think the other players from LeBron, 
um, with the corner three for the game that didn't go in, but the next one did. You saw a couple plays where Reeves dropped off the ball on Sunday's game for for Reddish teeing him up for shots that maybe he wouldn't have otherwise gotten. Um, the team is invested in this as well. So we'll get to uh, the backcourt next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by FanDuel, and you can enjoy this NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers right now, you get $150 in bonus bets back with any $5 money line bet. That's $150 in bonus bets. If your team just wins, one knee pick, they win. You can use those bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, futures, all sorts of fun stuff. The app is really easy to use. All these different options right at your fingertips. And of course, you can bet on NBA action. LeBron currently a 75 to 1 bet to win MVP, AD 40 to 1. Anthony Davis 11 to 1 to win Defensive Player of the Year. Any odds on Cam Reddish for Player of the Week next week? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if they've gotten that far. Um, LeBron is a 250 to 1 bet for Defensive Player of the Year. I'm just going to say right now, that's not a strong bet. Um, Also, the folks at FanDuel, they wasted no time placing Austin Reeves among the six-man-of-the-year candidates. Just two games off the bench, he is 20-1 to right now, seventh overall. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and enjoy the NFL season. Enjoy sports with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. So I know for you, Andy, this combination of D'Lo and Reeves in the backcourt um has it's obviously it's been a big topic of conversation for fans and we get a lot of comments about it on the youtube page at twitter at cam brothers um but i know it's something that you've also spent a lot of time kind of looking at thinking about analyzing um noodling over yeah i mean we you know i had thought about it really starting after game one when that one commenter left the uh left the uh comment on our YouTube section, uh, just wondering about whether or not Reeves and D'Lo needed to be split up and the idea of their similarities as players working better for them playing off each other than for the team as a whole, just because their strengths are pretty similar, but so are their weaknesses. And in particular, neither one of them being a defensive stopper or really the best defenders, you know, Reeves is better than D'Lo, but neither one of them, I think, defense is their strength. Hey, Reeves, Reeves's strengths are stronger next to a guard who is better on ball. Right, exactly. Or if you've got, you know, Jared Vanderbilt in there, so, you mm-hmm. know, like different options, something like that. It, and especially considering Reeves's really difficult start to the season, but also just the offense not working even taking into account the guys in and out of the lineup, rotations changing, all that different stuff, it just got me wondering, because frankly, something needed to change, period. And that's why when Darvin made this move uh, with Austin going to the bench, I tweeted out at Cam Brothers, I liked it. Um, It just felt like a change was necessary of some type. You know, I think Reeves is the type who, he's not wired to rock the boat, even if he doesn't like it but frankly had not played well enough to really argue. But I've been thinking about it more like in terms of how I think you could eventually affect the rotation at full strength. One of the one of the reasons I like D'Lo 
starting over Reeves if you have to break them up. And I think even when Vando comes back and you've got the full complement of selections, I think they're going to remain broken as long up. As, they keep, as long as they keep winning. Yeah. D'Lo and AD play very, very well off each other. Mm-hmm. And D- AD is, I think, very beneficial for D'Lo as a back line, considering you know he is the weakest defensive guard that they have. But also, I think their two-man game is very good. And AD tends to play for very long stretches in the first quarter. So to me, it makes a lot of sense to keep D'Lo out there for a long time with AD. But also, too, Reeves plays very well with LeBron Mm -hmm. in particular. And LeBron often starts those second quarters out there with a mix of reserves. So it makes sense to me to have Reeves getting more of his time tethered with LeBron. And then, you know, again, like we talked about in yesterday's show, eventually you get to the fourth quarter, Reeves is going to be closing out a lot of these games. And I think that makes sense as well. Um, And I just, you look at what's happening right now with the Clippers and this very obvious move that needs to happen that it seems like they're trying very hard (laughs) to avoid doing. I like that Darvin, you know, we saw this last year with Russ. We saw this this year with Reeves. Say what you will about him as a coach. He's not afraid as much as he's a positivity guy and he's a player's coach guy. He's not afraid to make the move that he knows a player won't like. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. Um, and I, I, but I also think in this particular case, the difference with Russ is Russ, Russ was being kind of like they were trying to get Russ into a position where it made sense on every level, which was not just he's not starting games, but often he's not finishing them either. Um, and that was, I think, what was harder. The difference between this, at least for now, is that Reeves, I think for the most part, is going to be on the floor to finish games. I think most games he's going to be, because Russell won't. I think we, you know, we've seen the last two wins. D'Lo, who has played 30 minutes a night, 30 plus minutes, is not playing late in the fourth quarter. I think unless they really need scoring, that's probably right. going to be the case. Or somebody's out. Like, and that's this is something we talked about in the preseason. It was obviously with the idea that maybe Vincent would be in because we assumed he'd be available, but he's not. But it, it they have that sort of option there. Um, and so Reeves can legitimately look at this and say, my role in terms of the amount of time I'm getting, the amount of responsibility I have, the ability I have to kind of go out there and, and do stuff and make things happen, isn't really impacted. Um, because I am going to still play a lot, like, and I'm going to finish games in my 35 minutes a night or 33 minutes a night or 30 to 35, whatever the, the number ends up being is still going to be there. They just come in a different order. And the, and all guys will say, Rui said it before the season. I care much more about finishing than I do starting. Um, what I am really kind of fascinated to see is what it looks like when Vanderbilt comes back with that Russell Reeves combination. Because for everybody saying, like, you know, it can't work, they do they they're they they they're just getting cooked too much and this and that, and whatever. Last season, if you go back and you look at their two-man numbers, and you know, again, two-man lineup numbers don't say everything, but it's a good decent shorthand. The net rating for those guys was a plus 22 um in like 280 something minutes. And so you know, I, I'm I'm interested though, and then broadly, if you look at those guys, so that's generally with a lot of it with Vanderbilt on the floor. 
But I'm also interested, like how much of the impact of those guys with positive net ratings when they play separately was related to Dennis Schroeder. And I looked that up and both Reeves and Russell, when playing with Schroeder, had very positive net ratings as well. And so it's that combination. So what does it look like when Vincent is available? I am not convinced that they can't figure out a way to play Russell and Reeves together um, because I think there is, again, evidence that it can work. But I was just sort of trying to, I'm trying to think holistically about all the different factors that went into the types of lineups that they could put together with them together and with them separately to see what combinations work best. Here's the a big, it's, it's great that you brought up Schroeder because I, I think it raises a really good point about Vincent's eventual return, Reeves playing off the bench. You know, do you reunite D'Lo and Reeves in that starting unit once you have all your options? I think another point in favor of keeping Reeves on the bench is when Vincent comes back, he's not the same playmaker that Schroeder is. Like for all of Schroeder's score first tendencies and, you know, like the driving and stuff like that, Schroeder is, I think, a much better playmaker than Gabe Vincent. And I think comparatively to Vincent, he's more pass first Mm -hmm. compared to Vincent. So that's another reason why I feel like you want Reeves out there with a lot of that second unit because otherwise I feel like you're starting to put more and more of that burden on LeBron, but also the offense starts to become more predictable. Um, I think the more options you have out there to create plays, the less predictable it can be to defend whatever group is out there. And I, I think even when Vincent comes back in a lot of ways, it doesn't just make sense to keep Reeves on the bench. It might even make more sense. It could. And, and you know, I here's the thing. Like, there are a lot of different combinations they can try. There are a lot of different, you know, things they could line up. I, I am I am all for using that sort of the first half of the of the season to experiment and see what you can maximize. Because, you know, the, both because they have a track record of things that worked for them last year, which I do think that it are worth revisiting. Because again, that combination of Reeves and Russell was really good on the floor together. They were not hurt by that. So what what were those things that allowed that to thrive? That's they got to go back and figure all that stuff out. Well, some of but it that, was just both of them were making more shots than they are now. And that's a lot of it. Like, you know, Reeves the, both of their net ratings are still underwater. And you know, for, yeah, I, I have been a big supporter. You've been a big supporter of D'Lo. Overall, he has a negative net rating. And for the people who say, you know, defensively, he gives everything back. I guess there is some truth to that. Um, I don't think you so know, far the whole team is giving everything back. If you're looking at net rating, right? The almost the entire team is a negative, but right. some are more negative than others. <laughs> uh, For what it's worth, D'Lo is on the closer to positive or at least neutral than most of the players. Right. Like if we're going to go down this net rating and Reeves, rate. Reeves is net rating for the first like five games of the season. Like there were like, it was like a minus 26. No, he was like he at was, the center of the earth. As he said, when, you know, we were down by 19, that was probably my fault, <laughs> you know, and, and he has cut that down considerably, yeah. like, you know, to where the last few games, it's been much more positive. Um, the Lakers as a group are, have a lot of negative, in there um so anybody who's played first quarters particularly with the lakers can have a really hard time uh, <laughs> if, if you have had the 
bad fortune of being on the court in the first 12 minutes, you probably have a negative net rating. That's why Reeves was okay with going to the bench. Right. He's going to improve just my wants numbers. to improve his net rating. My analytics are going to improve. <laughs> Christian just, Wood's like, no, thank you. I'll stay off the bench. And this is why we don't have time to get, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll talk about it more, hopefully after tonight, into tomorrow's game and all that kind of stuff. We, we didn't get into the schedule, but this is why games like tonight are so important because they allow you the freedom you know, you win. You win tonight. You're six and five. You beat Sacramento. They probably will. You know, might get um, De'Aaron Fox back even earlier than than uh, tomorrow's game. But you know, he could be present. That's a very different team when De'Aaron Fox plays. <laughs> Maybe you lose to Sacramento. Okay, but now you go play Portland again. Go beat Portland. So you're still uh, you're over five hundred. You're winning those games. Maybe you beat Houston at home. Like that kind of stuff. It gives you the flexibility to figure these lineup combinations out. If you're four or five games under 500, you don't. You have to win, and you don't have time to experiment. In tonight's game, Memphis without Steven Adams, Brandon Clark, or John Morant, who's a really good offensive rebounder for a guard, they should have no business working the Lakers on their defensive glass. Mm. You know, like they average 10.6 offensive rebounds per game, half of them are basically Bismack Biombo. Like, I mean, they, they're 17th in the league, like in overall rebound, offensive rebounds per game. But if you look at like offensive rebounding percentage, they're 22nd. Like this is a team, assuming you keep an eye on Biombo, the Lakers should be able to keep this team off their offensive glass. Like there really just isn't an excuse for it. We'll see. Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show, hang out with nearly 22,000 subscribers, all of whom will be rooting for a Lakers win tonight uh, against the Grizzles. Uh, and uh, we will see everybody tomorrow.